0: Hello, welcome to Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Today's guest co-host is John. Hello. So basically the gist of this show is that we talk about movies that I love based on whatever the topic of the episode is. And in the first half of the show, I talk to my guest about whatever the topic is. So today's topic is a film that made you laugh out loud. And the movie I chose is The Lobster. Uh, but first, John is going to tell us some of the films that made him laugh out loud. The
1: first movie I'm going to select is a more recent movie. Um selection house of gucci directed by ridley scott made me laugh that was the last movie i remember that made me laugh out loud and the dialogue it just had a really really good script and also the performances uh by lady gaga and adam driver and jared leto lended themselves well to uh laughing we'll say
0: yeah i'd say so no but you sent me a really funny um it was a meme, right? Of when the the part where they're at that party, and uh, uh, Adam Driver turns to Lady Gaga and he's like, "Your story filled with unnecessary um, details." Details. And like, and she's like, "You're an unnecessary detail."
1: <laughs> no, it's funny. It's just the script was very smartly written. You know, yeah. I still quote just to be like funny. I'll just be like, "Father, son, house of Gucci." I still quote that to this day. Uh, out of context and it, it's just it definitely deserves a rewatch at some point maybe not so reason maybe like two years from now i'll rewatch it but i think the critics were very unfair to house of gucci i thought the script was definitely an asset to the movie and it made me laugh
0: oh the critics didn't like it
1: well it got like missed reviews i think from the critics the um, second movie i selected was another olivia coleman picture another yorgos lanthimos picture the favorite Makes me laugh out loud. The first time I saw The Favourite, I found the humor kind of dry and British and kind of hard to get into it because I think British humor is very different than American humor. Like deliberately, just the the stuff they find funny is different than the stuff Americans find funny. Mm -hmm. But once you kind of see what's funny about the dialogue, I think it's very easy to laugh out loud at The Favourite. I like it when she puts her tongue inside me. I love that line. Just there's so many good lines in that movie that and I've seen the film a few times at this point, but the line, look at me. <laughs> yeah, when, when Olivia Colman as the queen, it's like, don't look at me! How dare you? It's just yeah, funny. she's
0: hilarious in that she's movie.
1: So funny in that movie. Yeah, it it's the type of movie where you know the lines of dialogue are coming, and they're still funny. Like like you anticipate, you know, when you've seen a movie a million times and you know every line of dialogue, but you know it's gonna make you laugh every time. Yeah, it's that type of movie, for me.
0: What's your next movie?
1: Um, My next movie I'm going to pick is Just Friends, a classic 2000s rom-com with Ryan Reynolds before he was Ryan Reynolds and uh, Anna Faris. And it's not a masterpiece of a movie. I mean, I think it's a masterpiece of a movie, but there's just lots of memorable lines of dialogue. Like, he's Jersey. He skis in his jeans. Just like funny. Like, in the context of the movie, they make me laugh out loud. Mm-hmm. And I think Anna Faris does a good job as like that Britney Spears esque uh, pop star Samantha Yeah. James. I feel like I keep talking about the same movies on your podcast. Yeah. Do you have any other movies no, you I want feel to talk like I'm about? picking the favorite Ingmar Bergman or some sort of. Um, well, you said movies that make you laugh out loud. Yeah. Um, the Devil Wears Prada makes me laugh out loud. Just mm-hmm. so because I think like meryl streep is really really good playing like the anna Wintour esque character at vogue and again if the script is good the laughs will follow if the script is like a weak script then i think the laughs will not follow yeah yeah no i wish there was like a more eloquent No, way but to what p- what part
0: in that movie really makes you laugh out loud
1: um when meryl streep rips anne hathaway's character for laughing about the cerulean belt yeah, Meryl Streep. You've seen it. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. Meryl Streep's character goes like, this belt is cerulean. And totally just rips Anne Hathaway in that movie. But anyway, justice for Anne Hathaway. But um, as I was saying, yeah, I don't know. It's very easy to make me laugh. Like, Ma makes me laugh. Like, I think Ma is a masterpiece of camp. People will disagree with me, but I think Octavia Spencer, when she runs over that woman... Makes me laugh every time I've seen that movie. <laughs> I just burst into laughter because it's camp. It's brilliant.
0: And she turned. What? What did she turn on? Oh, uh, September by yeah, Earth Wind kind of and Fire. fire after and fire.
1: that, and then when when Ma gets really drunk with all those teenagers and starts dancing to Funky Town. I mean, it, that is cinema at its core. Um, what makes me laugh? Uncut Gems when Adam Sandler's like, "I'm gonna come." That makes me laugh. Um, Is that
0: actually a comedy, or is it like a dark comedy? It's like
1: a a black comedy, we'll say. Yeah.
0: uh, I don't know anything about that movie.
1: Oh, you gotta watch Uncut Gems. It's really good. It's stressful. Is it based on a true story? No, it's fictional. Okay. Um, I'm just trying to think of stuff I've seen recently that makes me laugh. It's really not hard for a movie to make me laugh if it's funny. If it's not funny, it can be more painful to laugh at. I laughed at Wrinkle in Time
0: because oh, that was so like unintentionally hilarious.
1: Seeing Oprah, giant Oprah. No,
0: wait, was it it Oprah who turned into like kale or something? Well, we called we we said that she looks like kale. That's like the end joke that we have.
1: It was Oprah, Reese Witherspoon, and Mindy Kaling, and that movie was so bad. And you dragged me and Bethany to go see A Wrinkle in Time. And I
0: well, because I was curious, because I just read the book, and, and I, I wanted to see what they I did with the movie.
1: you, because it was just the three of us and two other people in the theater. I'll never forget it. And I could not stop laughing at that movie. Like, burst into unintentional laughter, because it was so, so bad. Yeah. Oh, um, you know which movie made me laugh at, now I'm ashamed of admitting it, Sausage Party. I yeah. did laugh while watching Sausage Party. <laughs> In the theater.
0: I'll never forget the ending where all the food products just, like, fuck each other, basically. (laughs) Yeah, that was a little... Like, the food orgy.
1: that was, uh... You can tell Seth Rogen was on, like, so much uh, marijuana. He was smoking so much pot. When he did that money... When he did that movie... Did I just say when he did that money? Um, I'm trying to think of, like, unintentional laughter. Oh, the Britney Spears Lifetime movie made me laugh out loud. Because that was really bad. (laughs)
0: I think you showed me, like, clips of it on YouTube. I'm
1: just trying to think. Like, there's movies that are supposed to make you laugh because they're funny. Like, Annie Hall makes me laugh. Woody Allen. Just because I like Diane Keaton. Um, oh,
0: she's she's the original Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Oh, Diane Keaton. No, it's Keaton. funny because before we started recording this podcast, we were having a discussion. Because he was showing me this BuzzFeed quiz about, our, like, are you a Manic Pixie Dream Girl? And he, was, he asked me, he's like, what is a Manic Pixie Dream Girl? And I was trying to kind of explain it to him.
1: Yeah, but people say Annie Hall is not a Manic Pixie Dream Girl because she has her own desires and wants outside of the main protagonist, where usually a Manic Pixie Dream Girl, according to Wikipedia, she only exists to, like, help the male, right?
0: Yeah. I don't know, I don't know but when I, saw, when I saw that movie for the first time, I was like, she's such a Manic Pixie Dream Girl, even though, yeah. like, there's stuff about her that's very Manic Pixie Dream Girl. Oh, there definitely
1: is, yeah, I see it. God. He's so unlikable I find him unlikable in that movie anyway she's she's wonderful and one time she liked my comment on Instagram like I tagged my cousin Josephine and I was like, oh my God Diane Keaton supports Black Lives Matter and Diane Keaton liked it and she's like you bet I do <laughs> and I'm like yeah that was that was cool. Oh Black Swan made me laugh during the really during the lesbian scene with her and Mila Kunis eating each other out. And I was just laughing because I was watching it With my mom and my mom was like oh my god and She like had to like leave the room Cause you know
0: Were you actually watching it like did you actually sit down and watch it yes! together
1: And you know my mother can't take any sort of Tarantino-esque Violence or sexuality She like nopes right out of there With that Like her idea of like um, a good movie is like Little House on the Prairie or you know, Was that a movie TV show it, it was a
0: TV show They might have made a movie out of it I'm not sure
1: Music and lyrics makes me laugh.
0: That is such a classic.
1: Pop goes my heart makes me laugh. That isn't. That isn't. Kiss makes me laugh. Buddha's delight makes me laugh. Way back into love makes me laugh. All the musical numbers make me laugh.
0: I mean that that's just an underrated film in my opinion.
1: Movie. It really is brilliant, and more people should know about that movie because it's fucking brilliant.
0: Yeah. Oh, that that song is hilarious. End "End up." up like this.
1: Brilliant. Brilliant.
0: But it's so spot on with like the George Michael oh, tunes. Really like it yeah. sounds just like him.
1: Oh, I mean the the music was so well done for that movie. Oh, you know which movie is a guilty pleasure which makes me laugh. Miscongeniality. Yeah. I don't I don't know. I've
0: I've I've always seen parts of that movie but I've never I actually like watched, actually watched it all the way through.
1: It. It's Sandra Bullock gives a good performance in that movie. I
0: I know that it ends with uh <laughs> her trying to get the bomb crown away yeah, from Miss yeah, America. Yeah.
1: You just have to watch it. It's an experience to watch that movie. Uh, Big Mama's House makes me laugh, even though that's really not a good movie. You you know the types of movies where they're, you know they're a bad movie, you're self-aware enough to know it's a bad movie, but you still laugh regardless. That's like Big Mama's House, Bring It On, uh, Spy Kids. <laughs> I remember a lot of people kids. love Spy Kids. No, but Spy Kids I saw in the theater. Um, you know which movie made me laugh? Recently? What? Sharkboy and Lava Girl. Oh, that, that is hilarious! That movie. I saw that in the theater, and I saw Son of the Mask in the theater. I saw Sharkboy Lava Girl, but I remember I begged my parents to take me to Sharkboy and Lava Girl, and my parents actually took me and like ten of my closest friends to see Talladega Nights in the theater. Yeah, which was very inappropriate in retrospect.
0: Yeah, I can't believe they actually brought you to that. No, I guess I did they didn't know a lot now, about they it. Did not
1: know, and you have to understand this was the 2000s. So, that same sex kiss at the end between uh, Sasha Baron Cohen and Will Ferrell was very inappropriate at that time. Yeah. Um, Dumb and Dumber makes me laugh just because I think Jim Carrey's such a fucking moron in that movie. Um, Batman and Robin makes me laugh. Um,
0: I haven't seen that movie in so long. Oh, I want to force it. I'm like scared to watch it again.
1: Oh, it's not as bad as you think it is.
0: There have been like so many videos and articles about why it's like one of the worst movies ever made.
1: Sex montage. Oh, Blue Velvet makes me laugh during the it, soliloquy at the end, where uh, Laura Dern's character talks about the birds. Singing oh, off. I don't know why that makes me laugh. Just because I think it's very hippy dippy.
0: Yeah, I. I mean, I kind of know what you're saying. I,
1: I don't laugh. I don't laugh at the part where um, Dorothy Valance is getting. Yeah, crazy. I was gonna say it's like very dark to laugh at that movie. Um. The Shining makes me laugh. Which, I don't know what that says about me. But the Yeah, scenes, why the hell does The Shining the scene, make you no, laugh? The scenes where Jack is terrorizing... Um, what's her name?
0: Shelley Duvall?
1: Yeah, who does she play again? What's her name? Wendy? Yeah. Maybe it's just because, like, I don't know why my first instinct now is I, like, laugh at it, because it's almost comical, when he's like, here's Johnny, and then she's like, ah! But, yeah, it's a little sadistic on my part. Rocky makes me laugh. When he's running up the stairs, I just... The idea of him <laughs> running up the stairs makes me laugh. Yeah, lots of movies make me laugh for various reasons. Um, you know which movie did not make me laugh? What? Chinatown.
0: Oh, During yeah, no. Plot
1: twist. When the plot twist... When the plot twist happened. We're not going to talk about the plot twist itself. But when the plot twist happened, I will never forget, I actually paused the movie with you. And we both were just like, oh my god.
0: We just, like, screamed... Shook.
1: Shook, especially incest for the 70s. That was a big deal. Incest is not cool. Um, I'm trying to think. Other movies that make me laugh. Well, I have a very messed up sense of humor. So, like, all the things that make me laugh are not going to make the people listening to this podcast laugh.
0: I mean, the whole Um, point of the podcast is preference.
1: That is true. I find Star Wars funny, like the first
0: one. Oh, yeah, well, especially, like, The like, the, the, the banter... That that Princess Leia has With Han Solo is really funny
1: I think that script is underrated But the script Wouldn't have been nearly as good if Carrie Fisher And Harrison Ford didn't have that like insane Sexual chemistry that they have Mm. Together Um Austin Powers I find funny It's stupid but I, find it I
0: haven't funny. seen those movies in such a long time. They they were like some of my favorite movies for a while.
1: My grandma rented that movie for me from the library. <laughs> I think she had no idea what it was about. But I was like, Grandma, can you rent Austin Powers for me from the library? And she was like, okay.
0: Did she watch it with you? No,
1: of course not. She just like rented it for me.
0: So you ready to get into it? I'm ready to get into it. Okay. So today we're talking about The Lobster. Uh, so The Lobster is a surreal black comedy dystopian film released on October 16, 2015. It was directed by Yorgos Lanthimos, who also co-wrote the screenplay with Ephemis Philippow. It stars Colin Farrell, Rachel Weisz, Jessica Barden, Olivia Coleman, Ashley Jensen, Ariane Lebed, Angeliki Papalia, John C. Riley, Lea Seydoux, Michael Smiley, and Ben Whishaw. The film, is about a dystopian, the film is about a dystopian society where being single is outlawed. When people become single, they are sent to a retreat where they are forced to find a romantic partner. If they don't find a romantic partner in 45 days, they will be turned into animals. One of the people staying at the retreat, David, played by Colin Farrell, finds a mate with a woman known at the retreat for having no feelings, played by Angeliki Papalia, and fakes being a sociopath in order not to be turned into an animal. One day, the woman with no feelings murders his brother, who uh, who was turned into a dog, and catches David crying. When she's ready to turn him in, he knocks her out with a tranquilizer and puts her in the machine that changes people into animals. He eventually finds a resistance group out in the forest and falls in love with a woman, played by Rachel Weisz, who shares his trait of nearsightedness. However, relationships are forbidden in the resistance group. Um... Yeah, so it's funny, because this is another movie, and I said this last time when we did Parasite, but this was another movie that you introduced me to.
1: Oh! It's so nice that I've actually introduced you to stuff you like, rather than movies where you're like, oh my god, I can't believe John forced me to watch this. No, The Lobster, it's an intriguing idea. I don't know.
0: But I mean, like, okay, so so the topic of this episode is a movie that made you laugh out loud, and... Um, it's like but that's just it like this is like a really funny movie like despite all its dark moments like the whole thing is just really funny and i remember the first time like i when i watched it with you i didn't really like know what to like make of it at first because like when we were re-watching it a few days ago i remember like oh it's actually like it's funny from like beginning to end but like i for some reason like i didn't really like pick up on that when we first watched it same and it wasn't like like i I, I, i'm sure maybe i've probably thought it was a little silly and i chuckled like here and there but i didn't think it was like so funny but when it finally clicked to me that this was (laughs) that this was a really funny movie and a good movie was uh i'm gonna sound like such a sociopath when i say this but it was the scene where it's like right after he finds where he um where he starts going out with the woman with no feelings and then he and then they meet up with um oh, I know the brother. the guy with the who, so who's faking know. the nosebleed and the woman who has the nosebleeds and they have like a like a child now they have a daughter and <laughs> i don't remember what he says to to them but he's like he just like he's like uh what are you doing with a child like that and then like he kicks her <laughs> in the shin or something <laughs> a child wow. so funny and she starts crying and then it's like because, like, he's just trying he's so trying hard to, to convince husband. the woman that he's yeah. a sociopath as well. But, yeah, it's just, uh, it's so funny.
1: Definitely. Uh, what do I like? I went Olivia Coleman as the hotel manager. If you encounter any problems, you cannot resolve yourselves. You will be assigned children. That usually helps. Just the little <laughs> lines of dialogue are just really, really funny.
0: Yeah, well, well, Rachel Vice's narration is really funny as well. Because what's funny about the characters in this movie is that they all have, like, these, like deadpan deliveries for like everything like everybody in this movie is just like super awkward they all act super awkward i mean the people in the favorite are a little bit more like animated animated, i i I think i would say especially with olivia coleman's character um but yeah like for some reason they're all like really deadpan and just awkward and weird in their delivery and rachel but like the way that rachel vice you know narrates it the way she does just like makes it like really funny Like I remember, like another line that she says in it that really that also made me. I remember when I first when we first saw it, I laughed so hard. Was when she was like, "It's like, and then he took." Um, she says something like, "And then he took me aside and fucked me up the ass." (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like
0: it's just so like random and just like, yeah, I don't know. It's just really funny. Gosh, yeah,
1: the British accent really makes everything just that much funnier. I feel like. It's a great satire of, like, uh, dating apps and relationships. The Lobster is what I think is so funny.
0: About yeah. Um, it's a very interesting premise for, like, a dystopian film, which is funny because we were talking about dystopian films not too long ago when we were doing Dark City. I think you actually might have brought this movie up when we oh, were yeah, talking about it yeah. in the beginning. I'm not sure. Uh, but, yeah, like, this is, like, because all like, like, dystopian films is always, like, Like, whatever is causing the dystopia is always like, oh, like, there's too many children, or... We ran ran out of natural resources. Yeah, but in here, it's just, like, it's all about, like, people being single. Like, they're not allowed to be single. And there's something in in itself with that that makes it very funny.
1: I don't know. What I think is so funny is how everybody is grasping for these, like, stupid characteristics... Like the one woman's characteristic is she gets nosebleeds. The other woman's characteristic is she loves biscuits. And each person's trying to make sure they don't get turned into an animal, so they're making up the fact that they share these like really yeah. lame qualities with each other.
0: Yeah. Well, that I mean the thing with um, I forget his name, but the guy who um who ends up courting the uh the the, the woman the who gets nose all. nosebleeds, yeah. and then he ends up pretending to get nosebleeds as well, and then it, he's like it cut after he like meets up with her it cuts to him just like slamming his face into the table to try to get a nosebleed so funny. and it is also really hilarious too when later on when they infiltrate the retreat when Colin Farrell goes into their boat and he starts like saying he doesn't actually get nosebleeds he's lying to you
1: <laughs> definitely so what do you think it's ultimately about
0: I mean, I think the whole point, I mean, this is what I read, is, like, essentially, like, it's about, like, society's pressures for people to be in relationships. I probably didn't word
1: that very well, but... No, I agree with you. Yeah. I see that. That's
0: what I mean. But, I mean, like, it's funny, because we were talking about how, like, the characters are trying, like, they look for certain traits in other people in order to get into these relationships. And when it comes to the retreat, it's mainly just because they don't want to be turned into animals, But there, I mean, there is something funny about that, but there also is, there's, like, a sad truth to that as well. You know, how, like, we're desperately desperately trying to, like, look for similar things in order to get into relationships.
1: Somebody who's dating currently, well, I mean, I'm not not dating, I'm on dating apps, and somebody who's on dating apps, at least I feel like I come to the movie with a unique vantage point, because people have these stupid, like, in their bios on Tinder or Bumble or whatever, you know, they'll say something like, I love the beach, or I love um, what's like a really stupid thing. They're like, I love espresso martinis. What the fuck is an espresso martini? <laughs> but they'll they'll use that like that's not the way to form like a real concrete connection. Like, don't get me wrong. I think it's important to have qualities in common with your partner, but people are like, oh, well, if she likes espresso martinis and I like espresso martinis, then we'll be together forever. <laughs> you know, like I yeah. just think like. Humans base a lot of relationships on like shallow uh, qualities. Yeah.
0: Well, it's it's funny too. Like when Colin Farrell um, discovers that Rachel Vice's character was talking to another guy, and he's like, like so he must be nearsighted." And he's like, "No, I'm not nearsighted." It's like you're lying to me. And then he runs up to him and he starts like trying to see if he's wearing like contact lenses. So it's just funny. like like the the extremes that these characters go to in order to. Uh just find security is just
1: kind it of just funny goes from a deep seated um, feeling of not wanting to be alone is what I think it is you know that's what i yeah I, I also think the movie's a commentary on that how we've been programmed to feel like everybody needs somebody
0: yeah you know? I, I mean it's well it's interesting too because then like when at the end when rachel vice's character is blinded then he doesn't have like that nearsightedness thing to relate to with her anymore so then from that point on they don't really like they can't really like relate to each other the same way and so he feels the only way like literally like at the end like he it gets to a point where he's gonna blind himself in order to remain relate to her which is just insane.
1: I don't think a lot of people are willing to do that in a relationship. Like, if this was real, I don't know. Like, maybe if you were truly desperate at all. I love the idea of being turned into an animal, though. That's such a unique punishment for not being able to find love. Anyways. Yeah. Which animal would you pick?
0: If I could be turned into an animal? I don't know. I guess maybe... I guess... Maybe a dog, just because cause dogs get, dog like, dogs. security and, yeah, like, dogs houses.
1: that long. Maybe a cat. I could see myself as, like, a sardonic cat. I love the idea, like, what happens once you make a match in this lobster hotel. Like, then you go to, like, the couple's room, and then you have to go to a yacht. Like, the person yeah. from relationship, and then you leave, you go back to the city with your partner, and... I love how uh, the limp guy and the nosebleed girl were having issues in the relationship. So then they had this little child who was now their daughter. Yeah, this so, like nine year old girl. And then of course Colin Farrell later like kicks her, which is yeah.
0: really funny. But there's also like, like, like some of their rules in the retreat are really weird. Like, like for example, why does that woman? Maybe maybe they explained it at one point and I just didn't notice. But like, why does that maid like rub her ass up against his dick?
1: This is why no, no, that can be a little confusing. The rules in the retreat are no masturbation. Yeah. And um, what else are the other rules? I think it's just no masturbation is banned, and sexual stimulation by the hotel maid is mandatory.
0: Is it because they're trying to get them horny. to be pleasured without think, doing that? No,
1: I think they're trying to just get them like all horny so that they'll want to commingle with each other. Okay. I'd wonder if for the female people in the lobster hotel they had like a male model like. ...try To seduce them or something, I don't know. Yeah, um, what I think is interesting is they all the propaganda uh pre- presentations that they show where they show the guy choking. Oh, those him. are hilarious! So funny, yeah, where they're like, What are you gonna do if you're all alone and you're choking on a <laughs> steak? You're gonna die alone, but they show like the person with a partner and they show the girl uh saving him while, while he's choking,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah, and then the one where uh they they pretend that the woman is getting raped like on the street and then and then when she's with the man like her partner then the the (laughs) rapist is just like standing there
1: (laughs) (laughs) but that's like darkly funny like i mean it's really not funny but yeah yeah and stuff i like when olivia coleman sings the duet with her husband Something's got a hold of my heart. Is that a real song?
0: Yes, it is a real song. Who is it by? I
1: don't, it's on IMBD. Um, I don't know who it's by, but it's a real song, I guess. The idea is very fucked up, though, that you hunt single people and every person you hunt gives you an extra day. Yeah. That's the part where the movie kind of lost me a little bit, because that felt too far-fetched
0: and the animal thing didn't no, seem far-fetched no, but
1: that felt no but that kind of lost me a little bit because it's just like now it just turns into like a pseudo Hunger Games-esque movie where you're yeah. hunting people. I don't know. I feel like the film would have been stronger if it didn't stick to that and it had a different gimmick.
0: I like how they like show how like show the people being turned into animals. Like they don't actually show it happen like like with the the scene with the girl with like the the blonde hair, mm-hmm. and then it just cuts to the next scene where Colin Farrell is like looking out the window, and you see that she's been turned into a, turned into a horse. Okay. But they don't actually like show you the, the, the transformation, oh, no, that and that's the sense. only time that they show it happen. They don't show it happen any other times. But I also find it interesting too, like like the scene where it shows him put the uh, the woman with no feelings into the place where they turn people to animals and then rachel vice explains that whenever she asked him about it he said it's like none of your like what did you turn her into and he goes like it's none of your concern so it makes me like wonder yeah i wonder like what happened like what like what what could he have turned her into that was so terrible or like what did he do that was so terrible that he never wanted to talk to her again or never wanted to talk about it yeah but like I, i i read that Somebody said that it like he turned her like into a rabbit because rabbits are prey, so that's like her worst nightmare because she's a predator. So then he turns her into prey. And then so, uh, but I don't know.
1: Vice's character loves rabbits,
0: so maybe he like. Oh oh oh, oh, because he didn't want to tell her. Oh okay. Oh, that makes more sense. Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense now. That makes
1: yeah sense. Funny how that works. But overall, it really makes you think after the movie. That's what I appreciate about it, that some movies you watch them, they're like Chips Ahoy or like... <laughs> things, you know what I mean? No, but you watch them, you're like, okay, that was candy, like like the Bring It On movies. It's a cheerleader movie, <laughs> you know? But with this, this is not like Bring It On. This is like intellectually stimulating and your brain gets a real workout kind of thinking about the implications of the movie. And I would not like this if this was implemented in real life. Would you like this if like... Single people had 40 days to find a mate, and then they get turned into an animal. I, I, I mean, that would be terrible. Yeah, it'd be horrible. I mean, like, I can't see, I know some people would be willing to go along with it. But again, I think that's a commentary on how much in society, everybody's always like, you know, look at The Bachelor, look at Love is Blind, look at the way we as a society kind of romanticize relationships and being in love. And I just don't think it's all it's cracked up to be. Then again, I'm saying that as somebody who's perpetually single. You know what I mean? As somebody who's been. In this a is kind of like. No, but as somebody who's been in a committed relationship, maybe you look at my analysis and disagree with it. I'm curious what you think about
0: that. Well, I was just thinking this movie is like if Company and The Hunger Games had a baby. <laughs> yeah, a little you know bit. what I mean. Yeah, it's
1: funny you say that. Oh, oh, that's funny.
0: Yeah. This needs to be turned into a musical oh, now. Please, the me. lobster, the music. Oh, <laughs> that's okay. what you got. The lobster, the musical. The they lobster. shouldn't take that the the out of it.
1: How about the scene where they put uh, John C. Riley's character was caught masturbating, so they put his hand in a toaster?
0: Yeah, that's like another scene where it's like, you know you shouldn't laugh at it.
1: Oh, it's so funny.
0: But like, it's, yeah.
1: God. I like the scene where the woman, the heartless woman pretends to choke on an olive in the hot tub to see if, uh, and she sees that Colin Farrell's character doesn't try to save her. So that way she she knows he's truly heartless. Yeah. I think the film also has a commentary on, like, militants. Like, what I mean by that is that the leader of the resistance is so militant where she says, no relationships whatsoever. And then later, of course, Colin Farrell and Rachel Vice's character engage in, like, a secret affair. And then the militant woman, Leia Sadu finds out about it and then blinds Rachel Vice's character.
0: Which I never really understood, because, like, If she was mad at them for it, couldn't she just kick them out of the resistance? Well, no. I think
1: kicking them out wasn't enough. She had to, like, do something really rash, which would be blinding her.
0: Like, was... Were they trying to imply that she was jealous of their relationship?
1: Maybe. That would be an interesting angle to kind of... Like, maybe,
0: like, she was... Just the idea of relationships just like made her jealous because she feel because she felt like she couldn't be in one. Maybe I don't know. Because also because like, like her reaction to them making out when they're going to see her parents oh, or whatever. Funny. I think that was really funny. When is her, her parents playing yeah. this like beautiful
1: classical duet <laughs> with Spanish guitar, and then Colin Farrell and Rachel Weisz are just going at it on. The yeah, stage. that's funny. But it's funny because the parents don't care. No, it's just unintentional yeah. humor though, which is funny. She's like, "You're being so disrespectful." I would be honored if someone made out while I was playing music. It's never happened, but I would love for it to at some point. Um, what was the line of Rachel Weisz that makes you laugh about getting fucked up the ass? Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah, I see. I feel like this is the favorite's little brother. Like, yeah, I don't know, this movie and the favorite, obviously it's the same director, a lot of the same actors in this movie and the favorite, both have Rachel Weisz and Olivia Coleman. but I don't know, they're very similar to me, like, in terms of the tone and, like, the dark humor of it, I guess you
0: Yeah, the say. humor is similar, although I think that this one is, it's more, what's the word I'm looking for, sardonic? Yeah. Maybe?
1: I, I hope you're using that right. I think yeah. This was nominated for Best Original Screenplay at the Oscars.
0: Oh so did it win? It, no. Oh.
1: But at least it was nominated.
0: Yeah. Did it win anything? No. It should have. It's a really good movie. No, I think it's a good movie.
1: I think so. God. What I wanna know is like what year are we in? Where are we? What how is this like real life where people can get turned into animals? Like that's what I wanna know. Yeah, I want to know more about the world that they actually live in. This like weird dystopia with everything. I think Rachel Weisz's narration makes the movie. It's really funny. It helps kind of tie everything together really, really well. And of course, Colin Farrell's um, performance is very good. Yeah, he's he's never won an Oscar. I think he's a great actor. I think he's great. Rachel Weisz is great.
0: Oh well, he was amazing in the new Batman movie. Oh, he was awesome. He's great. Yeah, I really liked him in that. No,
1: but he's he's like just a good actor.
0: Which I I had no idea that was him, either.
1: Well, he he must have been wearing a lot of prosthetics, I'm sure.
0: Until you told me.
1: Oh, you didn't know that was him?
0: Yeah. Because, like, you... Because you mentioned it when we were watching it. I was like, oh, that's Colin Farrell? Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always enjoy him in whatever he's in.
1: It's an unconventional love story. That was the tagline for The Lobster. An unconventional love story. What was the tagline for Inland Empire again? A
0: woman, in a woman in trouble. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> a woman in trouble, and the lobster is an unintentional love story. I guess you could. That's call a it an good,
0: that's a good uh, slogan for it. Yeah, yeah.
1: I find it interesting when movies have a tagline. That's such an oldie thing. Not not a lot of it. newer movies have taglines.
0: Yeah, do new movies have taglines now? Not really. I don't know.
1: At all. What do you think it says about Colin Farrell's character that he feels the need to blind himself so he could be like Rachel Vice?
0: I think it comes out of his need to have, you know, a partner and...
1: But how do you think that that translates to real life in terms of the way humans interact with each other in relationships? That's what I'm curious about.
0: I mean, I guess it's just because, like, people are so desperate to be in relationships that they'll you know
1: part of that is the importance we place as a society on companionship i mean look at the frickin' bachelor the amount of people i know who watch that stupid show and i mean i'm listen i'm guilty i watch Love yeah is i was blind. gonna say you definitely no, watch that no i don't watch the bachelor but i watch love is blind and again it's like chips ahoy it's junk food but i'm at least cognizant and self-aware it's junk food i don't base my dating life Or sexual life on The Bachelor or Love is Blind. Some of these girls and boys who watch these shows and watch... um, They think that's the way, like, relationships should be, I guess.
0: That would have been really interesting if this movie made it, like, a reality TV show. Or they, like, were forced into this retreat. And they had had to find a partner. No
1: MTV would be airing this shit. You know... It's like,
0: like if you guys don't do it, you get turned into animals. <laughs>
1: you get turned into an animal. I, I, we, we we had to go around the room in first grade or second grade, and the teacher was like, which animal would you be if you could like be an animal? And I'll never forget, I picked a jaguar. And all the other kids were basic. And they were like, I don't know, a bunny, a dog, <laughs> a cat. But I chose a jaguar. And the teacher was like, why do you want to be a jaguar? And I was like, I don't know, they're cool. And that was the answer I gave. Yeah, it's funny how you remember these like repressed... Uh, memories so a dog you would be a dog yeah i guess so do you think you would find a mate within 40 days or do you think you would like make it to the 40 days and have to be turned into an animal
0: that was like that was another another interesting question that we had
1: i've been single for like five years five yeah five years i think and i feel like uh, i would definitely be turned into an animal within the 40 days like i feel like 40 days is not enough time for me to find somebody
0: but the thing is too is like i feel that was a question that we were gonna ask each other Like, if you were in that situation, would you be doing what those characters are doing? And just pretending to have these traits so that you can find a partner so that you don't get turned into an animal? Yeah. I feel like a lot of people would. would. Yeah. I
1: would do that. I mean, it's easy enough to lie. All you have to do is just keep
0: I mean, you either just find a boring person to spend the rest of your life with, or you get turned into an animal. Like, Uh, which is worse.
1: No, but not even, the person doesn't have to be boring, they just have to have a stupid characteristic that you have to pretend to have. I don't know. Like, your girlfriend could, like, I don't know, get really bad gas after she eats chicken cutlets. So then, whenever you have chicken cutlets, you have to pretend to have really bad gas. How would you pull that exactly. off? Exactly. That would be... Some Some qualities are harder than others. I just know I get really bad gas whenever I have chicken cutlets. They're delicious, though.
0: Yeah. Oh, so good.
1: Hmm... Yeah, dark comedy. How would you classify this black comedy?
0: Oh, it's definitely a dark comedy. comedy. Dystopian comedy.
1: Dystopian comedy. I don't know. This is the type of film where you know the general public, when they're watching this, they'd be like, this was shitty. I didn't understand (laughs) it. It was dumb. Like, it's one of those, like, movies, like... You have to get it. You have to get it. You know? Yeah, definitely. It's funny. Definitely funny. Do your Rachel Weisz accent again.
0: And then he fucked me up the ass. (laughs) (laughs) You
1: do such a good job with impressions. You really do. That's so funny. He fucked me up the ass. (laughs) The ass. Yeah, a lot of fucking in these movies. A lot of fucking up the ass, yeah.
0: I mean, there's probably more fucking in uh, The Favourite.
1: Oh, The Favourite definitely has some fucking. A lot of fucking between Olivia Colman and Emma Stone and Rachel Weisz. Now that is a film. I mean, they're both good films. I'm excited to see where Yorgos goes in his uh, filmography. You know, hopefully, yeah. he just keeps delivering bangers of movies. He did another movie with Colin Farrell that I want to show you. Oh, really? What movie? And Nicole Kidman. It's called The Killing of a Sacred Deer. Mm. That movie I want to show you. That is a really interesting yeah.
0: Movie. Well, I yeah, I would definitely like to see that. Yeah,
1: definitely. I've been like, there's like a, so many movies that I kind of want to turn you on to. Some of them work like the lobster and some of them don't like house.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like house or I
1: don't know, what else have I forced you to watch? What did I force you to watch? Uh
0: Breath Blowout. Oh blow up, yeah. Yeah, blow up. Blow up was
1: good though.
0: It was alright. It wasn't okay. really my cup of tea.
1: Um Breathless.
0: Which was Breathless again?
1: The black and white movie in French.
0: Oh yeah, that was another one I wasn't crazy about.
1: God. Different strokes for different folks.
0: Yeah. Well, to be like to be fair, they weren't bad movies.
1: They're just you not your cup of tea. Just like I don't like yeah. westerns. But I did like You the- have to find the right I western. Like Power of the Dog, but Power of the Dog is not a traditional western.
0: I mean, you've seen like Django and right? Yeah,
1: but Django and I wouldn't even call a western. It's a Tarantino. It's move. a western. No, it's a Tarantino mover first and foremost a western second. Was, yeah, I guess I see what you if mean. If it was not a Quentin Tarantino movie, I feel like I wouldn't like it. I feel like the dialogue really makes the film in terms of Django Unchained and all. I just don't like the idea of all these like men with guns, you know, like shooting at each other.
0: I think though that westerns are more about like the—I mean, good westerns anyway. The reason why they work is because of what they're trying to say. It's more about that as opposed like, to messages, like, opposed to rumors, yeah
1: shane shane there's that movie my dad likes it's a western i think john wayne's in it it's called shane and in the movie i don't even know what it's about but i just remember this little boy is really annoying and he keeps screaming shane shane so whenever i think of westerns i just think of that annoying movie because my dad really likes westerns and my grandfather was obsessed with john wayne my mother's father obsessed
0: I was just thinking, watch Yorgo's Lanthimos come out with a Western as his next movie. please don't. No, don't
1: (laughs) force me to sit through it. No. I just find them so boring. Like, I really do. I just haven't found a Western that I've ever watched where I'm just like, I love it. I don't.
0: I guess we're going to have to look up some Westerns and see which ones that you might end up liking.
1: Yeah, I just have to keep on. Keep on keeping on.
0: But anyway, I mean, I love the look of the film, too. Yeah, the I mean, it has, like... Were gorgeous. It has a similar look to the favorite.
1: One thing I didn't understand is why did the Resistance people go to the city in the first place? That's what I didn't understand. Yeah, I didn't really understand that. That's where it lost me a little bit. I'm like, why are these people leaving the woods to go to the uh, city? What
0: I understood I mean. why they infiltrated the, the retreat. Yeah.
1: But I don't really understand that at all. Frankly, um, I thought it was a well fleshed out concept. Though the script was pretty good, I think that might have been his first English film.
0: Oh, was it? Uh, Greek,
1: Greek. Yes, that was his first film in English Oh well, what
0: about the killing of a sacred deer? Did that That's, that came after? Oh, okay.
1: Yes, Yorgos' next film is coming out in twenty twenty two.
0: Oh well, we gotta go see it then.
1: Uh, Emma Stone and Willem Dafoe.
0: Oh are, yes! Are in it. Oh my gosh! Are you kidding me? That's amazing.
1: Yes, Emma Stone and Willem Dafoe are in it. <laughs> the premise is it's based on a book. Mm-hmm. It's called Poor Things. The premise: Upon drowning herself to escape her abusive husband, a woman has her brain replaced with the brain of her unborn child by her father. Hmm. So that sounds interesting. I'm sure the script will be just like the same sort of dark.
0: Humor. Yeah,
1: that's that seems to be his like signature sort of thing. Dark humor. Yeah, a twenty four is like the king of the, those types of dark, humory movies mm-hmm. and everything.
0: Yeah, well, I think his humor is part of what, like, it's like the one of the best things about his
1: movies it's like coen brothers-esque is what i think is so funny about it yeah like Fargoy kind of um i don't know what did i see burn after reading is funny i like that movie who, who was in that uh, coen brothers uh francis mcdermott until Oh, okay yeah john malkovich uh i don't know I like things that are, like, unintentionally funny, but
0: they are. I mean, I think this movie is intentionally funny. No, it is isn't. You don't write about- a movie like this and you're no, like...
1: No, no, but the line, like, about, like... No, the, they said the line for shock value, the line about getting fucked up the ass, but it's Rachel Weisz's delivery that's
0: so funny about it. But it also, it's just really funny because, like, it just comes out of nowhere, kind of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not... I don't know. It's just weird. And when he kicks the girl. That's yeah. Funny. When <laughs> Colin
1: Farrell kicks the little girl. To show that he's a heartless bastard. That's very funny.
0: I also think that the the dialogue between Rachel Weiss when he sees her blind for the first time and she's trying to hide it, yeah. he's like, oh, I got you this. It's like, oh, a sandwich. Thank you. And he's like, oh, it's a flashlight, actually. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, that's good, that's good. She's trying to hide the fact that she's been blinded. And
1: I love how matter of fact, she's like, I've been blinded by our dear leader. Like talking about how uh, yeah. the evil uh, resistance leader blinded her. Yeah. Oh, it's just funny. Ah, dark comedy. Is it called dark comedy or black comedy? I always. Thought it's it was either or. Comedy. I think. I guess. God. Whenever I watch a film like this, I think, "Oh, you are the most cultured, sexy man in the world." About me. Yeah. Not, no, not <laughs> I you. was like, "Who are you talking no, about? Are you talking no, about Colin that, Farrell? No, are you talking about no, me? I'm talking about me? No, but I just feel very like cultured because it's like, oh, when you were ten, you could have never watched this."
0: Well, There's yeah, no. Force
1: your children to watch the Lobster, Jack. Come on, guys, no. family movie night. Fuck, <sighs> fuck Frozen. We're watching the Lobster. <laughs> no more Let It Go. No Encanto. We're not talking about Bruno. We're watching the Lobster. God, Disney should come out with a black comedy. I would like to see that. Wouldn't you
0: I? Wonder that? what a Yoros Lanthimos yeah. Disney, Disney film would be like.
1: Would be. Oh, they should give him Hunchback of Notre Dame to remake. Oh, I could see that. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think Olivia Coleman is just so talented in everything. Oh, yeah, she's really good. She was really yeah. good in The Lost Daughter. You should see that on Netflix. Oh, yeah? Maggie Gyllenhaal, um, Jake Gyllenhaal's sister, directed it. It's the first film she's directed. And it's really good. It's just really good. And Dakota Johnson's also in it. And we are now stands of Dakota Johnson after her award-winning turn in Suspiria. <laughs> She didn't actually win any awards, but I give her an award in my heart for that movie. So I'm like, award-winning actress, Dakota Johnson, and she hasn't actually won anything. Didn't that movie change your opinion on her?
0: Yeah, I mean, I never really had anything against her to begin I mean, she
1: with. She Fifty Shades of Grey, so let's, let's not pretend she was like a real actress, actress. I
0: mean he gotta start somewhere I guess
1: You do if someone offered you that role As Christian Grey would you have done it Like if you were a struggling actor and someone's like You need to be this like masochistic Billionaire sex addict with a Dungeon of dildos Would you have done it
0: I don't think I would be right for it (laughs) I could see you do it
1: I I think you could have been a freak on screen if you had to be
0: I guess so Would you do it Oh easily I like to fuck hard.
1: I, I really would have given real nuance and a certain uh, je quoi to the dialogue that I think. Yeah. Oh! Why do you think that lady shot that donkey at the beginning of the movie?
0: Oh, well, I just kind of assumed that that was because that was like her ex lover or were were something.
1: Yeah. That's what I think. Although, how would she know
0: which one it is? Yeah. Yeah, lots of animal cruelty in this movie. That hopefully wasn't real.
1: You know what I think hit the nose on the head? This is something I just thought about. What? A lot of the times if a couple is like fighting and they're like about to get divorced, a lot of people think a baby saves the marriage. So that's why That's why they, if end up... they had a child. Yeah. Because in real life that happens all the time where people will be like, oh I want to get a divorce and then the woman gets pregnant and then they think that like a baby can kind of save their
0: relationship. Yeah. But what's even weirder about it is that it's the it's the retreat that's making them do that. Yeah, so like, it's not even, like...
1: Could you imagine if it's somebody just came up to you with like, a nine-year-old girl and was like, this is your new daughter, forever. At least you get to choose the animal you get turned into. Yeah. It would be worse if they chose who the animal was.
0: Yeah, that would be pretty scary. I mean, the whole concept is is scary to begin with. Like, it is. it is funny... Like to us as the audience, but like in reality it it would be pretty terrifying.
1: I think the loners show extremism on the other side, though. Like the resistance yeah, they're they're no better than they're no better because yeah. they just want to be single forever. And they don't think people should ever like fall in love or anything.
0: I mean that woman was terrible. Oh, I the for-
1: resistance leader? Yeah. Yeah, she was bad too. I like the woman with biscuits who wanted to give fellatio to Colin Farrell.
0: Oh yeah, that woman.
1: I'll even, I'll even suck your cock.
0: <laughs> and... Wait, was that the woman who fell out the window? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I think I think she was on Extras actually. Oh, was she? Yeah, I'm not. I'm not as familiar with Extras, but I, I have seen clips of the show, and I think she's on it. I could be wrong. Like, what do you think it says about them that the Resistance like aren't? Any better than the people that they're going after? I don't
1: know. I mean, I feel weird about it as a single person critiquing that because it would feel like betraying my own a little bit. But there's definitely some people who are like, "Oh, I'm too good for a relationship." You know, I'm not gonna be like them. Like you know those girls who are like, "I'm not like the other girls." It's like that. <laughs> like the manic pixie dream yeah, girls. Like manic- yeah, like I'm not like the other girls. I don't know. I don't know. What do you What do you think their critique is? In terms of
0: the those people, well, I I think uh, it really just kind of lies in that character with the leader. Like, I think she just she has some kind of pent up anger to begin with about relationships. Probably I think. Been burned. I mean, I think it it the idea just like angered her to begin with. But when they, but when she discovers that Colin Farrell and Rachel Vice like they actually like each other then that just kind of enrages her not because she actually gives a shit about like colin farrell or rachel Rachel vice or anything but just the idea that they actually found each other naturally i think is what angered her i don't know that's like women who hate men or men who hate women for
1: like no discernible reason a little bit i don't know I think it's very fucked up when she blinds Rachel Vice's character. Yeah, that's really fucked up. <laughs> that's terrible. Well, she was also
0: going to feed Colin Farrell to the dogs or something, and,
1: right? in the end, Colin Farrell buries her yeah. and feeds her to the dogs. This
0: would be an interesting play. Yeah. I
1: could see it on, like, Broadway. <laughs> the Lobster. It opened, it closed after 24 hours. <laughs> Audience of two.
0: It ended before it started.
1: Is that a pop song? That's a, that sounds like a 60s uh, ballad. Maybe I don't Founded know it, before it begun. Something like that
0: It's like it closed before it even opened
1: Oh jeez I mean was the relationship between Colin Farrell's character And Rachel Weisz's even Less than hollow I mean they shared being short sighted What kind of characteristic Is that to build a real relationship off of
0: Yeah I don't know I mean, if they weren't really interested in each other, then they wouldn't have, like... They probably wouldn't have ended up together at all. I think. I don't know. It's a good question. The movie raises a lot of good questions.
1: Oh, it definitely does.
0: And for some reason, when we were watching it this time around, I thought, from what I remember, was that he didn't actually go through with it. That he didn't actually blind himself. But then when... We watched it again, and I saw that he it just cut to black, and we don't see what happens afterwards. I was like, well, "Oh, you're left to assume, yeah, or not he that I guess." I think he blinded do you think himself. he did it?
1: Yeah, I do. I think he blinded himself.
0: But then it's like, if he does it, then then what? How are they gonna? How <laughs> are they gonna get around anywhere?
1: Yeah, but at least he has something in common with his lover.
0: Would you do that?
1: No, fuck no, no way. I don't think so. I, I would certainly hope I wouldn't. Maybe if push came to shove and I had to.
0: I mean, I think the characters I think are just so. From what I think are they're supposed to be like intentionally bland, so like they're just they they struggle so much just to relate with anybody because they're just such they're just blank slates, you know. Well,
1: real humans aren't like that though. I feel like humans are more three-dimensional than the way the characters are portray- uh, portrayed in the movie. I,
0: I guess think. so. I, mean, I don't know.
1: that sounds like a gazillion characteristics, I feel like. Like, at least on dating apps, people will list stuff like, oh, I love avocado toast, I love jazz, I love vinyl, I love NPR, I like the New York Times, I like listening to music, I like cooking... I like laughing. I like like I'm just trying to think of stuff I would list on a profile. I like Paris. Um I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's I not, wonder like, what?
1: It's not like I I noticed most of the characters only had like one defining characteristic.
0: Yeah, I wonder like I mean obviously that was done on purpose, but like why? I wonder why that was done on purpose. Mm-hmm. In this future, do people just they're just robbed of developing a personality? <laughs> I guess I don't know. Is there something going on in the story that we're not privy to?
1: No, but it's funny. Like, a funny characteristic is on these dating apps, I'll notice people have, like, the same thing over and over. Like, I'll read a million profiles where it's like, I love espresso martinis. Or I love avocado toast is a big one. Or they'll say something like, I love travel. Everybody fucking loves traveling. This is bullshit. It's total, complete crock. So I just think it goes to show just how one-dimensional some people truly are.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been Cinemaniac Jack. I'm your host, Jack. Today's guest co-host was John. Bye now. See you next time.